Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Shot. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast studio in Schenectady, New York. The second half of the Major League Baseball season got underway Thursday with a few games. If you're a fan of either New York baseball team, you are very happy. I'll speak with our friend Tim Healy, who covers the National League East leading Mets for Newsday, in just a bit. But let's start with a team that has the best record in baseball. The Yankees are running away in the American League East, and they entered Thursday with a 64-28 record and a 13-game lead over the second-place Tampa Bay Rays. To discuss the Yankees is the beat writer for the New York Daily News, our friend Christy Acker. Christy, welcome back. Uh, how was your All-Star break? It was great. I had a great time. It was much needed. That's good. That's good. Well, let's start with this Yankee team. When coming out of spring training, did you even fathom that this team would run away with the American League East the way they've had? No, I was not. I, you know, honestly, I have to admit, I didn't really think they had made enough changes. I didn't think that they were this caliber of team. I don't think anyone thought this. But, um... Yeah, they've been they perform much better than I think a lot of people thought they would. What has been the key? I think early on it was pitching. I think they you know got through most of the first half. Um, their rotation wasn't you know didn't have an injury until the very end of the first half, and they pitched really well. And I think that gave a chance for their offense to kind of click. And you know now you see what you've got is a pretty complete team. Speaking of uh, hitting, Aaron Judge, he turned down a contract with the Yankees. He's probably going to make one Soto money now at this point. How remarkable has his season been? His season's been pretty impressive. Um, you know, he's obviously on pace to hit about 60 home runs this year. Um, you know, he's just... He's looks dominating. I mean, he just looks like he can dominate any pitcher right now. Um, and and most impressive is he's he stayed healthy. Yeah, that was going to be the question. I mean, obviously he's had some injury problems over the years, but he's missed maybe a, a couple games this year. And then, I mean, just uh, how how big has that been for him to, especially in this contract year? Well. He's probably put a couple extra million on the AAB for himself with this. Um, you know, I, he, he's kind of, you know, took he bet on himself this year, and, and it seems to be it's going to pay off. I mean, what, 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 what can he command now at this point? I mean, obviously, they were talking, I mean, I think, what, $200 million, But now what's it going to be at this point? Could it be three, $400 million? You know, I think he's looking for three hundred million. I mean, maybe four hundred. Uh, he turned down a contract that was worth two thirty over eight years, including this year. I mean, he even bet on himself. You know, this year in terms of not, you know, going to arbitration or almost going to arbitration. So, yeah, I, I think he really sees himself as a three hundred million dollar player. Now, obviously, with you know, hearing that what Juan Soto turned out the, uh, the the Nationals over four hundred million, could, I mean, are, are, I mean, are, is Judge willing to go go that far with four hundred million? You know, I, I think there's a, a difference whether he knows it or not. Um, you know, I mean, Juan Soto is twenty three years old, Aaron Judge is thirty, so I think that's the big difference you see in that. Um, I mean. 
Ideally, I think he would love a four hundred million dollar contract. Is he going to get it? I don't think so. I guess the one uh, great story of this Yankees team this year has been what Matt Carpenter has done. Basically, picked off the picked up off the scrap heap, and he's just you know, it seems like he revitalized his career down with the Yankees. What what? I mean, how shocking is that to see him? You know, guy who had struggled the last few years, yeah, turn it around all of a sudden. Well, I think that's really shocking. I mean, he revamped his swing, so it's not that shocking. I think what's shocking is just how impactful he's been. The guy was sitting at home a week before the Yankees signed him as a free agent, thinking, okay, we'll just bring him in and see what we got. And now he's in double-digit home runs. I mean, he seems to hit a home run like every other game he starts. I mean, he seems to to become a fan favorite down there now, too. Seems to be. <laughs> uh, as far as the pitching is concerned, I mean, how, how dominant has it been? Uh, it's been dominant. I mean, I think you're starting to see it level off a little bit. Um, you know, Jameson Tyone's had some rough outings lately. Nestor Cortez went through a uh, struggle. Garrett Cole has seemed to come on a little stronger as the season goes on. I think they've kind of reverted back to form a little bit, but they're very good. I mean, and they're solid from their rotation to their bullpen. I guess another of well, since we talk, let's talk about the bullpen. You mentioned that the I think the one big question mark there is are all this Chapman, and it seems like he's fighting it right now, trying to find his control. I mean, how important is it for him to try to find it here in the second half? It, it looks like now he's not going to be the closer anymore. Well, he's not the closer. Clay Holmes is the closer. And I think, you know, for him, it's important that he finds it. Um, I mean, it's, it's going to be a tough situation if he is unusable at the back end of the bullpen. You know, where the Yankees use him, it's the final year of his contract. So for him, it's important so that he, you know, if he wants to continue on, that he can. I think another good story for the Yankees has been catcher Jose Trevino, who they picked up right before in spring training. How much? How much? I mean, a surprise has he been to the club? I think it's a surprise at how good his offense has been. Um, I was talking to Dylan Lawson, and you know, he—they he, had hoped for something from him. He got off to a very hot start. I mean. He's evened out a little bit in the last month or so, but he's, you know, he's contributing offensively, which is, you know, a lot more than they hoped for. Aaron Boone's job this year, I mean, obviously he's got the team running with the American League East. How would you assess what he has done this year and been pushing the right buttons and making everything work so far? I think he's done a a, a pretty good job. I mean, I think he's done a a good job at what he's good at is managing his clubhouse. Uh, I know he gets a lot of crap for resting players, but I think that reflects in the fact that they haven't had any major injuries in the first half. Um, You know, he reads his players well, he reads his clubhouse well, and he's got them playing together, and that's, that's a big thing. I mentioned it in the open that the Yankees are you know, running away at the American League East. I mean, th- this division this year has been incredible. We entered the All Star break with all five teams that are with a 500 or above record. So, what what the Yankees have done to run away with it does that make it even more impressive with how strong the AL East has been? I think so. I mean, I also think remember Boston was not the team it was recently at the beginning of the season when the Yankees saw them. You know, the Red Sox have really kind of struggled. Um, The Blue Jays pitching is, you know, kind of questionable. It's no doubt the 
toughest division in baseball. Um, you know, we travel around. I don't see a lot of teams that are going to beat, you know, the Yankees, the Blue Jays, you know, the Red Sox. Are, are, you know, honestly, even the Orioles might be doing better if they were in the Central yeah. uh, or the West. So, you know, it's a very tough division. It's impressive that the Yankees do have winning record in there. And, you know, it, it's going to be... I think it's going to be a slugfest down the stretch with the, with the, that division. I mean, who is the team that the Yankees have to worry about in the American League? Is it is it the Astros? Yes. Is that a tough matchup for them, you think? Yeah, I think, you know, they really... One thing that really, you know... When you see good pitching, you see teams come even out a little bit. And I think that the pitching has been tough for them against the Astros. I think the other thing that, you know, could trip them up down the road, those American East teams know how to beat them. And, you know, if they have to face them in the playoffs, that would be a problem. Can you foresee a um, Subway Series this year with the Mets? <laughs> um, God help us. Uh, no, I actually don't think it'll happen. No, mainly because of the Mets. I don't want to say. Okay. okay. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, what what are, what are the challenges the Yankees have in the second half? Obviously, with the comfortable lead. Uh, I mean, how how important is it for them to avoid complacency down the stretch? wouldn't worry about that with them that much. I don't think there's a lot of it. I think, you know, they've pretty much made it a mantra that, you know, they haven't won anything yet. So there seems to be a constant refrain of that. I mean, I think their biggest concern down the stretch is injuries. What about the trade deadline coming up? Are the Yankees looking to add on maybe pitching or an extra bat? I think they're looking for both. I think they need the pitching more than the extra bat. Um, you know, Brian Cashman is always active, actively looking. Whether anybody wants to deal with them is, you know, will be the other story. Whether he can find the right fit. Uh, Giancarlo Stan was named the MVP of the All Star Game. Uh, how important is it for him to you know, just stay healthy in the second half? It's huge. I mean, that just creates a deeper lineup for them if he's in there and. You know, he showed what he could do in the All-Star game with just one swing. It's it's impressive. So keeping him on the field, and, and, you know, he has been healthy for the most part this year. He went on the IL, I think, once. And he's playing the field, which has been huge for him. So And it's huge for the Yankee lineup. So he's huge. He's huge for this team. What do the Yankees have to do to get Joey Gallo straight now? Trade him. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't mean that flippantly, but I do think that that experiment has just kind of proven not to work. Um, and I think it's better for him, for his career to go somewhere else for the second half of the season and maybe put up some numbers. I just, I don't think it was the right fit for him or I mean, them. I mean, is, is it the mat, you know, some, some, you know, some players can't handle playing in New York. Is that one of the case with him? Maybe just he just can't handle the big city there? I don't like to say handle it. I just don't think he's comfortable with it. And I don't think, you know, they put him in a very good spot. So how many wins do the Yankees end up with at the end of the season? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do predictions. I mean, obviously, they're on pace, I think, for 100 and 
120. Yeah, I, I don't think they get there. I mean, maybe, let's say 105. 105, okay. So they won't break Seattle's mark of 2001 then. I, I don't know. I mean, I just think having to play in the AL East makes it harder. Yeah. So, hey, Christy, appreciate a few minutes. Uh, hope, you know, enjoy the second half of the season. It's going to be a lot of fun watching this team and uh, enjoying your coverage as well in the Daily News. Thank you very much. Right, that's Christy Ack. We'll be back with uh, Tim Ely of the News of Newsday. We'll talk about baseball on the Hero on the Party Shots podcast. The Track is your premier source of horse racing news and events from the daily newspaper of the Saratoga Racecourse, the Daily Gazette. At the Track features racing tips, feature stories, picks by Naira racing analyst Anthony Stabile and Andy Serling, and direct links to Naira bets. Check out At the Track at www.dailygazette.com slash at the track. Hi, this is Mark Kestisher, the voice of the NBA on ESPN Radio and proud member of the 518 from Gilderland High School. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Now, here's Ken. Welcome back to the podcast, and let's head across town to the Mets. We're on top in the National League East with a 58-35 record. To talk about the team is our friend from Newsday, Tim Healy. Tim, uh, welcome back to the podcast. How are you enjoying the All-Star break? So far, so good. Can't complain about a couple of quiet days during a very busy six months. So uh, I'm definitely itching for the season to resume, which will be a lot of fun. With the you know the Mets are starting with a home stand, of course, against the Padres and Yankees. So those should be a fun first five games right off the bat. Yeah. Well, let's talk about this team coming out of spring training. Me, there was some optimism. I was obviously with Buck Showalter taking it over as manager. And the team got off to a, such a hot start, and we sort of come back to the pack a little bit. Of course, the Braves have been you know, playing some good baseball. The Phillies have been playing some good baseball. So how would you assess the first half for the Mets? The first half for the Mets was highly successful, really. They're on pace for, what, 100 games or close to it. They've been in first place for all but one day of the season. Yes, their lead in the division went from 10.5 games to now 2.5 games which is highly suboptimal for them. But um, that has a lot more to do with the red-hot, very good Braves than it does the Mets. Uh, you know, it, the Annalise was always going to be highly interesting this year, and I, it is highly interesting now, and I suspect that will be the case right through those first days of October. What has Buck Showalter brought to the team? Uh, what has Buck Showalter brought to the team? I mean, um, it seems like they're 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 aggressive. They're gung ho. They seem to be happy, relaxed. Uh, they're fundamentally sound, which we haven't really seen from a Mets team in a while. They are fundamentally sound. They are happy and relaxed. I'm not sure how much of any of that I would attribute to Buck Showalter. You know, I, I think I said this to you in the past, but I always think when it comes to managers. They get too much of the blame when things go wrong and too much credit when things go right. So as far as what Buck Schulter has brought to the Mets, I would say an air of credibility. He is a, of course, long-established major league manager, unlike their previous several managers. And that helped the Mets get, on the, get off on the right foot, probably. That said, with the fundamentals, the happiness, the good feelings in the clubhouse, that all comes from winning. And, uh, you know, I also attribute it to a lot of the players they brought in over the winter. Max Scherzer, Mark Hanna, 
Starling Marte, Eduardo Escobar is not having a very good season, but nonetheless is uh, very respected in the clubhouse. So between the offseason additions on the bench in Showalter and on the roster in those players, then it's, uh, you know, hence all this Mets change that we've seen. Yeah, you mentioned Scherzer. He's missed some time with the oblique injury. Uh, he's back now. I mean, how important is it for him to stay healthy in the second half? It's very important for him to stay healthy. You know, he signed with the Mets with the idea of him being paired with DeGrom as co-aces. And we, of course, have not seen that because DeGrom has not pitched. But the other piece of Scherzer signing was DeGrom insurance in the case, in the event that he was not healthy this year, which has been the case, or in the, in the event that he opts out after the season, which DeGrom has said a couple of times this year he intends to do. So it's, uh, you know, Scherzer was critical to the first half um, when, when he was healthy, and he's going to be critical in the second half. And it's, uh, it's frankly, key if the Mets are going to make a, a long October run. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned DeGrom. He, he's been in, uh, in making three half starts, but I think he had just had one start pushed back. Did he, what is his status? I mean, is he, is he going to be healthy enough to pitch this season? That's a great question. I don't think anybody has the answer. He's, he's been getting close. He was th- supposed to throw a simulated game on Tuesday. He had a sore shoulder, so they pushed it back to Thursday, which is today as we speak. It's supposed to be tonight. So no matter what happens in the sim game tonight, you know, he's still a question mark. And frankly, even when he comes back to the majors and pitches in a major league game, he, to me, he's still a question mark because you never know when another piece of him is going to break. Um, so that's just sort of the reality for DeGrom and for the Mets right now. Um, you just uh, you, you never know how much you're going to be able to get from him. How would you describe Pete Alonso? Pete Alonso? <laughs> I would describe him as your classic old school slugger, which is awesome. Um, a lot of fun to watch. Maybe a mid-ballot to down-ballot MVP candidate halfway through the season, halfway or so through the season. Um, and really, he's the, the Mets' most important hitter, their best hitter. Um, you know, Brandon Nimmo is very important. Lindor is having a great season, solid season. Um, but nobody is more important to that lineup than Pete Alonso, who's been excellent this year. You mentioned Lindor. I mean, obviously, the last year, last year, this first year was a big deal with the Mets. Uh, he struggled, had some issues with the fans. Uh, but I think it seems like, as you mentioned, he's having a solid year. Uh, does it seem like he's a lot more relaxed now than maybe the, the pressure's not on him? And that maybe he, he, does, put, he put himself on last year because of the contract? Yes, he does seem more relaxed and, you know, Part of that is having been through last year. He's not the new guy anymore. He doesn't need to, uh, you know, I remember in spring training he would say that last year he was introducing himself to everybody because he was the new guy and was learning his way around, learning how things worked with the Mets. This year, all the new people were introducing themselves to him, which he said was a a nice change of pace. Um, You know, and, and then, of course, with success, as Lindor has had, the relaxation and the happiness and the additional success comes with that. So he got off to a solid start in October. He's had been flowed like any player will over the course of a season. Uh, but overall, it's uh, a much, a much better season for Lindor. 
One issue I have with the team, and I'm going to put my Phillies fan hat on here for a second, is the seems like every the Mets every time they get hit by a pitch, Buck Showalter has this look on his face like, "What are you doing? Why are you hitting our guys?" But I mean, yeah. is that is that? I mean, are they overblowing things? With you know, obviously, you don't want to get hit by pitches, and you know we've seen what happened with uh, Bryce Harper, uh, you know, breaking his thumb uh, recently. And uh, but I mean, are the Mets overreacting sometimes? Because sometimes. Uh, yeah, you know, they're leaning over to play. Sometimes, you know, the pitcher's not trying to hit the guy. But uh, is there an overreaction from the Mets these days on that? Yeah, I'd say they are overreacting. It started early in the season when they got hit a lot, and it was a it was a real bizarre statistical anomaly. And there were all sorts of things about the gripping the ball. MLB is doing something with the balls and. Why are the Mets getting hit so often compared to other teams? And, you know, I think they still lead the league in hit-by-pitches, but they it, it's evened out. It's slowed down. Buck Walter still has the shtick with, uh, you know, putting that scowl on and S&Y obliges and immediately cuts to him anytime uh, you know, a player gets nicked on the elbow pad, uh, which is, you know, three inches thick. So, you know, it's... It's sort of a tired act at this point. I don't, public-wise, nobody really talks about it anymore, but, um, you know, every time a Mets batter gets hit by a pitch, it's, uh, you know, you got to put on the whole show. <laughs> of, course, of course, I wasn't happy. I was down, my son and I were down at uh, City Field back in the Grand Memorial Day weekend to see the Phillies blow a lead against the Mets. Of course, you had to take the day off, and so we couldn't meet. But, uh, I mean, just... Look at I'll talk about this division here. Yeah, obviously the Braves are on fire. The Phillies have been playing better under interim manager Rob Thompson. So, what do the Mets have to do to maintain the lead? I mean, I think they're, they're it looks like they're going to go to playoffs. It's just a matter of where they're going to be positioned in the playoffs. I mean, you, you have two teams that are you know chasing them from behind there in the East. Yeah, the Mets definitely want to win the division because that is a highly preferred arrangement under the new playoff setup. So winning the Annalise for the Mets or the Braves or the Phillies is going to be key. You know, there's no more settling for a wild card and being happy with a wild card. Um, how do the Mets do that? They basically just have to do what they've done uh, for the past three and a half months and do it for another two and a half months, and that'll pretty much take care of it. Um the Braves are right there, of course, as we said. But and I'm not just uh, you know saying this to make you happy. Don't don't sleep on the Phillies. I think they're only eight and a half back. If they can stick around until they get Harper back, that would be huge for them. And I think it could be a really fun three way race down the stretch. Well, my main concern with the Phillies is Aaron Nola in the September swoons the last few years. I mean, he's been pitching well, yeah, despite uh, you know missing out in Toronto with the not being vaccinated. But uh, I mean, I mean. Did you were you surprised that uh, I'll ask a Phillies related question here that the job Rob Thompson's done after Joe Girardi basically the same cast of characters? I'm sorry, can you say it again? Oh, yeah. I mean, the job Rob Thompson has done with the same cast of characters that Joe Girardi had. I mean, are you surprised that Rob's gotten this team back in the race? Um, am I surprised? I, not really. Sometimes a change of voice at the top or the top, you know, the top of the dugout, top of the top as far as front office goes, but change of manager, sometimes it just kind of works. It seems like in the case of the Phillies, who, of course, I'm not around a ton up close, but in the case of the Phillies, it seems like maybe Girardi didn't trust a lot of their young players, and 
the young players in turn were not playing regularly, didn't quite have the confidence that Rob Thompson has uh, bequeathed to them. So, you know, if that's all it takes, then good on the Phillies for taking the risk and making a change when they did. Are the Mets going to be buyers at the trade deadline? And what do they need? Oh, yeah. What do they need? Big-time buyers. They need a reliever or two, and they need a bat. Their DH production has been horrible, and Dominic Smith just went on the injured list for who knows how long, which leaves them with basically just J.D. Davis. So, you know, they'll be looking for a bat, no doubt. What team or teams should the Mets worry about in the National League overall, just besides the East? I mean, we know the Braves and Phillies, but what is, are the Dodgers the team the Mets have to worry about the most? Uh, yes, I agree with that. In, in the division, they have to worry about the Braves the most because the Braves are the team to beat until proven otherwise. And then across, across the National League, it's got to be the Dodgers for the same reason. The Dodgers are the team to beat until proven otherwise, even though they got beat last year. Uh, so those are the top two teams. Not really any surprises based on seasons past or based on expectations coming into the year, but uh, the Mets are definitely going to have a tough road ahead of them. I mean, how do they navigate this? I mean, I mean, as we said, with the lead, they've had a big lead, but I mean, the Buck's been through this war before. Unfortunately, in his postseason, uh, you know, has not really had postseason success. I mean, obviously, we've seen him, you know, get fired by the Yankees after the '95 season. The Yankees next year win the World Series. He gets fired by Arizona in 2000. The Diamondbacks win the World Series the next year. So, yeah, I mean, how important is it for Buck's shoulder to have a, some postseason success? Yeah, it would be, uh, he hasn't had very much of that. I want to say one postseason series win in 20 years as a manager. Um, this is the best team record-wise that he has had through about the halfway point of the season. So um, Buck Schoeld has never managed a team quite like this. So we'll see what happens on that front. A million different things can and will happen before the playoffs start, but it, it should be highly entertaining either way. I asked this question of uh, Christy Ackert earlier in the podcast with the Daily News, uh, and uh, I asked her, will we see a Subway Series? I'll ask you the same question. Will we see a Subway Series in, in the fall? Oh, man. You know, I would not put any money on that because so many things would have to break just right. Uh, but sign me up for it. It'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> well, Tim, appreciate a few minutes, and uh, we'll talk down the road as we get closer to the playoffs, and uh, we'll see what happens where the Mets make it. And, uh, where they'll be seated in the postseason. It'll be a lot of fun down the stretch. Excellent. Thank you very much. All right, that's Tim Healy. We're back to wrap up the podcast in just a moment. Hey, Saratoga Horse Racing fans. You have a chance to win a $50 gift card to a Daily Gazette advertiser by playing the Gazette Saratoga Pick 7. Here's what you do. Pick your horses to score the most points in the first seven races at Saratoga Racecourse and win the $50 gift card. To play, go to www.dailygazette.com slash pick seven and make your picks 15 minutes before post time the day of the race. The Saratoga Pick 7 contest is run by the Daily Gazette Advertising Department and not affiliated with the Daily Gazette Sports Department. Hi, this is Pete Incavillia, manager of the Tri-City Valley Cats and former major leaguer. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette associate sports editor and upstate New York's biggest Philadelphia Phillies fan, Ken Schott. Back to wrap up the podcast. 
Don't forget to play in the Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest. Go to dailygazette.com and click on the Auto Racing Contest banner. Keep checking out dailygazette.com and the print edition for the latest updates in news and sports on the coronavirus pandemic. I want to thank all the doctors, nurses, and first responders who are dealing with this pandemic. We appreciate the job you're doing in this difficult time. If you have not gotten vaccinated, please do so. Do it for yourself. Do it for your family. And do it for your friends. That wraps up another edition of the Parting Shots podcast. I want to thank Christy Ackert and Tim Healy for coming on the show. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, email them to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. Follow me on Twitter at Slapshots. The views expressed on the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of Gazette newspapers. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of Gazette newspapers. I'm Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Parting Shots podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good baseball. Good day, good baseball.